0: Did I eat a little bit of a gummy? Yes. Okay, I'm recording.
1: Is your mother worried?
0: Would you like us to assign someone to worry your mother?
1: Yeah, welcome. We're happy to have you here. This is just our little corner of the internet where we talk about art and fashion and give critiques of it and laugh and hang out and have a good
0: time. Yeah, for sure. And I was wondering, Hope, what do we need the most here at Fascism Pod to survive? I mean, besides money and food and shelter, I would say we need five-star reviews, which
1: basically translate to money and shelter, but not really. They mostly translate into like... We're kind of like, it's like we're doing a flip into the pool and we're kind of like looking back at you to be like, did you like my flip? Because if you want me to do another dive or like flip or something, I'm going to need some feedback. The,
0: your love style is words of affirmation. It really isn't, but you do need them sometimes. You really do. Also, Hope was like, are we part of hustle culture? And I said 100% and our hustle is getting five star reviews. Hope, what's trending? <laughs> okay the simplifying my life
1: is trending for me. Then went camping a couple weekends ago and it was like really mellow. Everyone who was there was just like down to chill so hard and we got pretty stony magoni and just we weren't allowed to have fires because it was like fire trucks couldn't come in
0: and which I'm like I feel like I've been a lot of places where fire trucks can't come in and we still had fires. Anyway yeah I mean like you camp out in the woods and it's like a walk you can't like get a fire truck to come in. Right, anytime you backpack, but whatever. It
1: was it was on one of the islands and, you know, they do their own thing. But so we couldn't have a fire, so we were all just kind of laying on these really nice rocks and watching the ocean and talking about alien stories. I was just thinking about, like, how like tightly wound I've been lately and I feel like I've been really busy in a weird way like mostly social stuff and then I think especially living with a partner you realize how often you're present and how often you're not because it's like especially if one person is wanting to talk and I'm constantly like doing work that I'm not paid for (laughs) I don't know so but it was also just like I you know realized I wanted to quit this committee I'm on and realized I wanted to I decided not to watch The Bachelorette this season because I'm like it's like they're really gonna ruin these women's lives and they and I just can't watch it again like they're just, they're evil. So anyway, definitely not quitting the podcast. I just, uh, the theme has been simplifying and and figuring out how to work smarter, not harder. It's like, I just started a new job and I'm kind of like, I want to own the place. I think I'm going to do well. It's a small company. I think I'll be able to have not an influential role, but like whatever I want to do well, but I really want to commit to doing well within the hours that I'm working and just Because I'm so inefficient.
0: I mean, that's because you're
1: human. And I just love to look at things on the internet as as we humans do. As we humans do. But yeah, so I'm trying to simplify. Brian and I have like a bingo board of like things we're trying to clean out in the house. Oh my God, to
0: make cleaning fun.
1: (laughs) I just, yeah. I mean, I just think it's really fun to have like goals and like rewards. I was like, if we do the whole bingo board, we can buy a new couch. What's trending with
0: you? COVID. COVID. I have it. Still testing positive. Why are you still testing positive? Come on, get that. Why is that virus still in you? I know, dude. I know, dude. I don't know. I'm probably just like reinfecting myself, but I've washed my sheets multiple times. When I say multiple times, once this week already, that's already multiple times for me. Can you actually (laughs) reinfect yourself? Is that a thing? I don't know, but like, I am totally scared of getting it the second time now and because this was not fun and now I'm like always sleepy. I think I was always sleepy before, but the level of fatigue was like crazy. Like I knew I had it on Tuesday and like Kasha called me and it was like 8:30 and she woke me up from my deep slumber that I was having and I was just like, this isn't right. Like I if anybody knows me, I stay up until like 2 a.m. Yeah, like I have a hard time going to sleep. And I was like dead asleep by seven, and then when Kasha called me, I was like, I think I have to have COVID. Like, yeah, going to bed for like this, and like I was asleep till the next morning. I was tired when I woke up. So it's, yeah, like... you
1: texted me and you
0: listed your symptoms, and I was like, really sounds like she has COVID. Got tested, and they're like, yeah, duh bitch you dumb 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 bitch of course you have it i literally thought i had black mold before i had covid did i'm these people didn't actually say that to you (laughs) no they were nothing but nice but they should say that they that'd be funny if like you got a test positive like you dumb dumb bitch (laughs) you know (laughs) like have a sense of humor yeah
1: just like that's what the automated email says (laughs) (laughs) you dumb bitch you have covid
0: yeah and i've been doing my hair and makeup like uh because of covid and i feel like i mean it's such a tragedy because the world does not get to see the looks i mean you can if you're on the internet and you see me so i guess there's that but you don't get to see my entire head to sock i have matching socks i have the whole look it's so good i am thank you i am serving looks but i am just inside my room tapping away at my screen like no one just no one's doing anything i have fake nails on i got the i'm doing it all you guys um and it's truly such a tragedy that I just can't go out in the world and look this good. But um, Soon. Soon enough. I'm very ex- inspired by your accessories game. Thank you. I'm, ex- I'm obsessed. I need to like, this is why I don't have money is because I like buy a hundred barrettes the moment I <laughs> have a paycheck. You're like, I'm picturing you waiting for your paycheck to come in and you're just like <laughs> waiting to
1: click on the, like click send on the order.
0: Basically, I bought like eight daisy hair clips and I don't regret any of them. I was like I need 8, no less, no more, like I need 8 and it needs to look like they're all over my hair and it was such a good look. Anyways,
1: I mean, I think you're someone who's well equipped to ha- have covid in that like you have a lot of things you like to do at home, but I so if you're going crazy, it's like saying a lot.
0: That's how I feel and I'm like it's because I had so many f- fun hangs that I was excited about and I got to see everybody hang out without me cuz the internet works like that. Yeah. And that's fine. But, yeah, it's just been like I I realized how, like, how easily I could distract myself out when I didn't have COVID because I would just call my friends or, like, hang out with my friends. Yeah. And now when, dude, I, you know, am currently seeing, (laughs) when he texts me, I text pretty much immediately because I have nothing to distract me. And it's like, yeah, are you going to play? It's hard to
1: play cool when you have COVID.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm a big fucking baby. And then I did say the whole thing about how I'm serving looks while I'm COVID when he texted me. Um, He was like, vibe check. I got back and was just like, he was like, yeah, that's really sad. And I... And he was like, it's a secret game that I like to play, like looking better than everybody else, you know, outside in the world. And I was like, good to know that you're playing secret games. But also, like, I was like, not to get academic. This is because I'm in COVID. You guys, this is this is what I want to say. Not to get co- academic, but Heindegger calls it poetic dwelling. And then I went on a spiel about poetic dwelling. <laughs> I yes. was trying to change his opinion about secret games and switch it on and be like, no, this is just a. Like, every look that anybody is giving is just a transformation of their space. Like, the space is influencing them to dress a certain way. Anyways. <sighs>
1: yeah, I would also talk to him about, like, the the commons and how he should think of yeah. it as, like, participating in the commons. Also, I would let him
0: know it's not a fucking secret. We all know he's trying. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly did meet him. I I, I don't want to talk about him too much because who? I don't think – I don't know if anything was going to happen. But, like – Shelly did meet him, and Shelly was like, I think he was wearing designer. And then I thought about it, and I was like, he 100% is wearing designer. So I think... Yeah, check his tags next time you get those yeah. pantaloons off. I'll be like, turn around, turn around, turn around. Mm-hmm. And then I'll like, just...
1: Yeah, take it off slowly. Yeah.
0: Anyways. We have
1: our own secret game.
0: <laughs> so and the moment I look at his tag, too, I'll be like, okay, put your shit fucking on. But I am curious of who he buys. Like, he does have a certain style and aesthetic so i think it's a blend high and low you know baby love that this is a fashion Uh, high high and low yeah exactly are you ready to get started i guess do we have any other updates any news
1: no i do want to start by recapping the last two episodes i realized we didn't do that last time and i think that that would be good um we are this is the third installment we're talking about the anna biography about anna wintour written by amy odell um we recommend that you listen to the last two episodes before this, but if you're going to be a stubborn little biatch, then, or if you just feel like it and want to do you, then then keep listening and we'll tell you what we've talked about so far. Basically, we're talking about Anna Wintour. We talked about um, like her rise to being editor-in-chief of Vogue. We covered her divorce from David Schaffer. And that wasn't a very in-depth recap, but it's like, how do we recap her entire life, you know?
0: Yeah, you, we ended on September 11th.
1: We did end, end on September 11th. Um, a good note to end on. Yes. Uh, yeah, so at this point, she's editor-in-chief of Vogue, um, the American Vogue, which had been her goal. September 11th happens. The whole industry is hit because obviously, like the whole economy was hit. And, you know, she experiences her own little September 11th which is that there is a movie made about her. Basically, so we're talking about The Devil Devil Wears Prada. As we know, like Anna has a bunch of assistants and being her assistant is super, super hard. And it doesn't generally lead to getting an editorial job with Vogue. I think that's probably why people do it. They must go into it wanting an editorial job with Vogue. Like, why
0: else would you? Well, being closer to Anna Wintour is closer to God and Condé. I mean, like, now she has like, a God-level position in Condé Nast. So I think it was just, like... It depend. I mean, who's to say people's motivation? But, like, yes, you can get an... Ed- like, thinking that you would become an editor or something or writer also you'd be closer to high-ranking position.
1: Yeah, it's like the whole, it's like getting your foot in the door. It's like a classic career move. And they tend to hire, like, girls of privilege, like, even though it's just an, like, quote-unquote, just an assistant job, like, they're still looking for that pedigree and they have, and, like, for people who dress really well, yada, yada. And this is basically what happened to Lauren Weisberger. Like, she was Anna's assistant and she wanted to, like, do editorial work, but apparently she wasn't a very good writer. She like pitches some things and they're like, nah. And then she leaves Vogue and she goes to Departures magazine where she also couldn't get published. She was instructed to take writing classes and she did. She started writing about her experience assisting Anna Wintour and with a lot of help, I think ends up writing the book, The Devil Wears Prada.
0: I don't know if Amy O'Dell knows her or is out for revenge, but she does not talk kindly On Lauren Weinsberger and it's kind of hilarious. But in the book, it says assisting Anna wasn't also wasn't about being a journalist. It was about delivering hot lattes quickly in high heels. Very few young women who succeeded in jobs successfully moved to editorial roles. Sometimes they successfully joined the fashion department. But the reality was that people who were fabulous assistants for Anna probably weren't going to be the next Joan Didion. And then, on May 21st, 2002, WWD reported that Devil Wears Prada had sold to Doubleday for a reported $250,000. When Anna learned about the book, she said to Jones, I can't remember who that girl is. I can't remember who that girl is! And it's, I mean, because it sounds like she wasn't her assistant for very long. I mean, I would not last.
1: No, no, definitely not. Uh, I think. I mean, I bet. I bet that um, Anne Hathaway's character in the movie *The Devil Wears Prada* worked for Anna. It worked longer than Lauren, like than the author did.
0: I would agree. I don't think it says like how long she worked here because I, I bet no one knows. They're like it could be for a month. It could be for a year. We're not between those times. Yeah, I agree that um, Odell definitely like does not
1: speak well on Weisberger. I think. I think I kind of appreciate it in this context because it's like no one talks about the other side of the Devil Wears Prada and so it like is giving another narrative but it's yeah it's not the only time that Amy O'Dell jumps to Anna's defense and you're kind of like okay.
0: I mean I've never read the book but I do think it's like one of those things where I'm like the book isn't as famous as the movie. Right. And I and mean, there are books out there, you guys, that are more famous than the movie. But like this one, I, don't, I honestly didn't know it was from a book at all.
1: It doesn't sound like it's a very good book. And yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend it. I did rewatch the movie recently. And it's also not that good of a movie.
0: I mean, why is everybody so obsessed with it? I think like it, I don't know,
1: Hollywood, you know, it's like, I mean, what's her face? Anna Hathaway? No. Emma
0: British Emma? No, the who pl- who plays Miranda Priestley? Oh, what's her name? Meryl Streep. Oh my God. okay. yeah. um and yeah, and so when the
1: book comes out, Weisberger insists that Miranda Priestley is not based on Anna, but like in in May 2005, when the news broke that Meryl, Meryl Streep would play Miranda Priestley, uh yeah, basically like they everyone was insisting that it wasn't about Anna winter and and for one reason is because like, in order to get people to agree to like talk to them about this movie or like participate in this movie, everyone was afraid of pissing off Anna. Yeah, I guess right after Meryl Streep signed on, she bumped into Isaac Mizrahi and, and said, I agreed to play Anna Wintour. Am I crazy? So it was like, it was definitely, I mean, obviously it was about her, but it was like, obviously, definitely it's about her. And she read the book and she was kind of like, whatever. Anna Wintour read the book and was like, meh, she just like unaffected.
0: And they watched, she watched the movie and then with her daughter and then, and then apparently when she got up, her daughter was like, they nailed you. Yeah, they really got you, mom, which is like, yeah. I wish people were more scared of me. Like, I'm honestly like, this is this is my problem. This is the fear that the power that we just completely made up on our head. And I'm just like, I'm not confused because I know people are like scared to not to be mean to her or even to like call her out for her bullshit because they don't want to ruin any kind of climbing of the ladder. But it just seems so bizarre to me. On, like, how many, like, how many people. It's, like, why people were scared of Harvey Weinstein for so long. Why Anna was even friends with Harvey Weinstein for so long. Anyways, it's just weird. I mean, she has power. Yeah, but it's always weird when you read things and, like, everybody's like, I don't know. I can't do anything like that because, like, of literally because, like, of stupid alliance that they've made in their head just because they don't want to, like.
1: Yeah, they're scared for their careers. But also, like, some people do stand by her, like, because she does do people solids like um yeah I guess like staff found the book really hurtful many of whom were deeply loyal to her like one of her staff got mugged and Anna like shows up and coordinates with the police basically like I don't know I think like she does have meaningful relationships with people, or like does show people a lot of su- some people a lot of support sometimes. And so there are a lot of people who are like loyal to her for that reason. Yeah. Like Lisa Love, whoever
0: Lisa Love is. And she also says that she's just so, she's like, I'm so bored by me, was like the concept of it. But like, I thought this was in- interesting. One of her friends said that one of the reasons she doesn't ever plan to write a uh, memoir is because she doesn't want to stop to stop working to reflect, which I'm like, that's a problem. Like, you need to reflect. That is, that is not, that is, like, to me, a monster (laughs) when I read that.
1: Yeah, she definitely does need to pause to reflect. I do appreciate that she's not obsessed with her own life, especially after reading, like, Andre Leon Talley's memoir and seeing, like, how many people he interacted with who were obsessed with themselves and their stories like everyone wanted like a retrospective written about them and she does seem true i think like one thing that does make her good at her job is that she truly is like really impressed by everyone else like she wants to know whatever's cool and like whatever people are doing because i think she understands that she's not the one bringing
0: the spice to the table <sighs> yeah maybe she's aware of that and that would be that is that is cool like she is not interesting at all like on any level so i mean she is on some levels i won't i'll give her that but on most levels like to the level she's at and the outfits and makeup and hair that she wears don't make sense to me um so much floral so much she's also obsessed with chanel anyways what i'm saying is she doesn't she seems to like know that she's not in fashion (laughs) anymore right yeah also she wore prada
1: to the uh the film screening oh yeah as in like she's the devil wearing prada good on her i know i know i watched an interview with her on david letterman from the like i think it was the late 90s it must have been or, like, right after September 11th, but she was, like, trying so hard. Like, it was real pick-me energy. Like, she just seemed nervous, and she was trying really hard to be, like, joking.
0: I know.
1: And it's really hard to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel bad because
1: it's, like, people get nervous when they go on TV, but it was, like, she doesn't need to even go
0: on TV. Like, why is she on TV? It's weird. Because she was on because De- she, she was the inspiration for Devil Wears Prada. Like, why was she on TV? Oh yeah, they were talking about Devil Wears Prada. Anna, all press is good press. Be the be the true fucking villain that you are. Stop acting like yeah. we don't hate you. <laughs>
1: there you go. Because
0: I mean. I think she's like old school capitalism versus Elon Musk. I know we brought Elon Musk up before and we're going to probably bring him up many times later, but Elon Musk kind of accepts, like he as a celebrity knows he needs a lot of like press. So he like tweets insane shit, kind of like Donald Trump and people pay attention to him. Like he knows he's kind of the villain. He wants press. Elon Musk really, yeah, like, and he's a, he wants to be a celebrity. Exactly. But so does Anna. I don't think she does. Okay, So she went on the Letterman Show because she felt like she was cornered. Is that what you're saying? I think so. I think she feels like she. I feel
1: like she's all business. Like she just wants to do what's good for the brand.
0: Yeah, I mean, her kind of rich too. Like her, like the background that she comes in is like old money, and they're all like all about being like austere. Uh, auster- what is it called? Austerity. Like they're very like low key. Like it's old school money. So it's like don't show off your wealth. Kind of don't like don't. Be flashy that's why she had the kardashians right. for so long because they were like new money totally and yeah so it's just like so that's probably where she's like coming from she's like it's not very classy to be so show-offy yeah maybe yeah i'm jumping to conclusions but i think it's a good theory and i'm gonna run with i it. mean that's what we're here to do
1: around this time there's also like a lot of vogues there's Teen Vogue, Vogue Living, Men's Vogue. Teen Vogue started in 2003. Anna asked Amy Astley, who was Vogue's longtime beauty director, to create prototypes. Um, She then made four prototypes over the next two years. Critiques were that it felt too upscale for teenagers. It felt too much like Vogue. I remember liking it. Astley described her vision as a magazine for young women that was about beauty and style as self-expression, career development, health, and mental wellness not about finding a boyfriend. Anna's best advice, she reflected, was to make the magazine very quote-unquote you.
0: Yeah, and it came out in 2003. I thought it came out later. Me
1: too. Yeah, because I remember reading it when I was pretty young, but I guess 13 is pretty young.
0: Yeah, it was to like compete with the Cosmo Girl, which this is like all the stuff where we start becoming anorexic because of these magazines. <laughs> this, they are the reason I put toothpaste like on a it you know. Like, ugh. Anyways,
1: I mean the magazines. It's like also film, you know. It's like we were seeing it in so many places. But yeah, it definitely. I mean, I feel like almost Teen Vogue less than other ones. Like it was a little less focused on body. Yeah. Like and more focused on fashion. But, uh, I yeah, I just remember liking the aesthetic, but or like, thinking, I mean, it, thinking it was exciting to see clothes like that.
0: Yeah, I don't remember actually reading Teen Vogue I remember seeing it but uh, I don't remember like reading it until I was like a full 30 year old because <laughs> that's when they started to produce like really good political contents like right, right.
1: and we'll get to that we'll get to that the, that Teen Vogue era yeah and basically they're just like throwing money at Teen Vogue at this point and at, at all of these different at all of these different versions Men's Vogue was meant to be like for fancy boys
0: yeah so Men's Vogue comes out which is l o l yeah i think Brad
1: Pitt's been on men's vogue like 10 times no joke
0: really yeah or maybe that's maybe that's like GQ i don't know I mean both, yeah. In early 2005, Newhouse greenlit the fall launch of Men's Vogue, with Anna serving as editorial director, and there was no question who magazine really it was, and it was Anna's. But Anna said some pretty homophobic stuff about it. Right. Well, okay, it says, so Men's Vogue was meant
1: to target, like, fancy guys who liked fancy watches nice cars and bespoke suits who might own a skiing cabin with a dead animal's head on the wall somebody who's really comfortable with strong women loves being a father oh my god like a whole new male sensibility they had working wives etc and yeah new york media was ruthless people were just like like why do we need men's folk why like why are people gonna care
0: i mean they're right it's because like this audience doesn't exist (laughs) right right Totally <laughs> there. I mean, like people, men think that they are that person, but they're actually not. And the content they they consume is never that, you know, like not geared towards that, at least. Yeah.
1: When, so when you're talking the homophobic thing, you're talking about when she's on Lauer, when she's on.
0: Yeah. And um. OK, so here it goes. So what are your thoughts? How do you look at the terms of this magazine? Oh, sorry. Let's start it. Let's back. Um, the lawyer turned to her and said, Anna, this is a weird topic to come up in conjunction with this, but sexuality sometimes is brought up when they talk about magazines. Like, side tangent, this is during metrosexuality as being a real thing. Like, men that dressed well were given a sexuality.
1: Right, right. it, it,
0: (laughs) It was, like, insane. Totally. Insane. And, like makes me mad to even think that when I hear that word, I'm like transported back to 2006. There is a perception, I think, in some cases that some of the men's magazine have begun to cater to a gay readership. And she said, right. And so what are your thoughts on that? And how do you then look at the terms of this magazine? Anna said, well, I agree with that. I think a lot of the men's magazines are targeted towards gay men. And obviously, that's more of what we call an industry of, of a fashion customer. Already stereotyping. But I think a lot of straight men are quite disconnected from some of the fashion that they see on the runway. And again, that's something that Jay, I think, has very successfully addressed in Men's Vogue. Jay is like, supposed to be the editor-in-chief. That this is a reality-based fashion. This is fashion for men, like yourself, Matt. And it was kind of the thing she would probably never say 15 years later. The Men's Vogue staff were still surprised that she said it even then i don't really get why this was a bad thing to say because she's she's saying she doesn't want to gear towards gay men like the audience isn't for just men it's only for heterosexual men which is in itself homophobic but like well i think she i mean yeah i agree with that i think
1: she like she was clearly baited and i think like she was trying to say it's not just for gay men or yeah i guess maybe she's not really she's like no it's not for gay men it's for normal guys who like clothes but and it's like and you ha- – but it's like you ha- – sadly, I feel like to appeal to men at that time, you had to be like, don't worry, it's not gay.
0: <laughs> no homo. Yeah. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, hetero men, even, like, gay white men. I mean, like, it's just – it's their own fault, really. It's, Anna was put in a predicament. <laughs> She's
1: I was like, Yeah, I don't know. Should it be gay? Should it not be gay? I don't care. I just want it to sell. Um, exactly. She's like, honestly, I do not give a shit. Please just buy the magazine. Harvey Weinstein, though, like, sucks up to her so hard. He's like, he, like, writes to her and he's like, I read Men's Vogue and became interested in some artist and some actor. You're definitely influencing my work and my life. Like, Disgusting.
0: I no, he's trying way too hard. Ugh, God. It's like, yeah, it definitely gives me the ick. Imagining some guy being like, you're definitely inspoing me. And I'm like, I never want to inspo you. I never want any kind of inspiration. Come from me, you think, at all. Like, that's disgusting, and get that away from me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: just, yeah. I mean, he was just sucking up to her
0: so hard. I mean, maybe he did like it, but he was also sucking up oh yeah i mean i never read men's vogue because i'd probably laugh at it it's probably humiliating i would want to actually read it just for that now that i think about it we should order men's vogue magazines and then just go through them and see what they fucking say this
1: whole like journey reading this biography has made me want to go to estate sales and find like old home and garden magazines old viva magazines now
0: i want men's vogue it's like i just want to hoard old I'm well you collage with them and I'm like I want you to hoard them so I have them nearby
1: yeah I mean and and Brian and I will get like old books to collage with but then I get attached to them and I'm like I don't want to
0: cut this up that makes perfect sense Aviva would be really hard to cut up I would be like don't I need you to have a box of those for no reason but for us to look at them where were we the September issue is that what you have next we can definitely talk about the September issue we're we're talking shit about men's folk but let's go eventually like it crashes obviously you've never fucking heard of men's folk so it stops being a thing you know the end of the story yeah um but let's go on to what was it what did you say September issue yeah so
1: RJ Cutler wanted to make a movie about the Met Gala but the Met wasn't receptive to it and so Anna suggested and said that they make a documentary about the September issue um he insisted on having the final cut so that was the thing he negotiated because he was like you know, we want people to take this movie seriously. And basically, he basically was like, if we want people to take this seriously, I need to be able to do it. So, so then the film crew starts showing up at the office before, like many of the staff even know about the whole thing. Like these people just show up and started filming them, which Coddington like finds the crew really annoying, but then like becomes the star of the show. And that's Grace Coddington, who is an editor at Vogue. And she's like kind of Anna's right-hand lady.
0: Coddington? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there was a... F- she's kind of dramatic during this. Honestly, I love Grace Coddington. I don't know why she gets special like for me. I'm sure she's fucking the worst and like just another rich lady. But like her fashion style and her like I look like a crazy lady look, it really warms my heart. The hair. The hair. The like eyes that look like they're- she's never slept in the day in her life and <laughs> she's high on cocaine. Yeah, I love it. And she apparently like accused one of the sound guys one of the boomers (laughs) I mean the boom guy of one of the boom microphones like clobbing her in the head and Cutler like the designer at the time or Cutler the guy that was running the film he said I love Grace so much but nobody had clobbed her but she used that to propel herself through her frequent refusals of access because she was like so over it so over it and I think it's so funny to me just her being like oh my god oh my guy. Yeah. No. Ew. Someone like, hit yeah. me. I got a hit. <laughs> and her just like using it is just, I just love that. I mean we've seen the things that happen to
1: reality T V stars when they're put under that pressure. It's not pretty. So we will we will watch the September issue at some point. Maybe it'll be like
0: our Patreon episode. Yeah, maybe it'll be on
1: a Patreon episode. To be clear, we don't have a Patreon. Yeah. But then okay, so the movie premieres at the Met. When Anna sees it, she her notes to Cutler say, It feels like a home movie about two old ladies. Yeah, it feels like a home movie about two old ladies referring to scenes where Anna and Grace were like squabbling in the hallway she says where's the glamour and he says the movie the movie had really become about the relationship between Grace and Anna and yeah so that's just like the direction that he went the whole staff gives Cutler feedback one of them titles it how he fucked up and the September issue where Anna tried to dangle her support of the film to get him to edit to the way she wanted but he didn't need her support like if she didn't show up to Sundance and such and etc like he would just say this is the film Anna Winter.'" doesn't want you to see. Devil
0: Wears product, all the, the, Press she did for that was just her willingly doing the press. Probably damage control. Who knows? I mean, Amy surprisingly didn't talk about that aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, so. yeah. So she does
1: decide to support to support it. She goes on Letterman, and the movie's kind of a hit. The documentary's kind of a
0: hit. I have watched the trailer, and it brings me such joy, honestly, to seeing the trailer, because I get to see Andre Leon Talley be like he has like sunglasses wearing. Like this is just from memory, so I could be wrong. Like sunglasses wearing um, a fake fur coat or probably a real fur coat let's be honest um just being like there's a famine for beauty and I literally think about that line every day when I wake up oh that's from that movie that documentary yes it's just from the trailer and I think oh that's such a he's a cheat those words together oh there's a famine for beauty I just
1: I can't I love it if this was like 2015 I would make a Facebook invite for an event and the event the party would be called like there's a famine or like that would be part of like the event description like there's a famine <laughs> for beauty so I need I like you. how you're like you de- demoted it to at least the description you're like I, you were gonna
0: name it the title but why not the title well
1: because I don't want my party to be about a famine I want <laughs> I want to, it to be a call to action like there's a famine for beauty so I need all of you beautiful people to end up at my house I don't know I I used to get really into writing Facebook event descriptions <laughs>
0: I love how much. Okay, it would be called the feast of of beauty.
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, like cornucopia of beauty or something.
0: (laughs) Um, Yes. Okay, so that came out. That's pretty cool. Um, Check it out. It is. It looks good. We're gonna check it out. Moving on turn next thing okay what were you gonna say I want to hear the financial crash of 2008 yeah y'all remember, remember that yeah I don't where were you when the crash happened? I graduated
1: I was graduating from college and I didn't I I thought that I just couldn't get a job because of my own like lack of skills
0: I mean that could have been it too
1: I don't you know what I
0: mean <laughs> I mean I think yeah I think that that definitely played a role but I don't think I was like super aware I was not aware at all except I did listen to I remember like listening to like was it called radiology or whatever or, like radio lab radio lab or this American life about the crash and being like acting like I knew everything after listening to it and I called my dad being like oh my god it was predator loans I had no idea what I was fucking saying you know at the time and I didn't actually know what it meant but my dad was like a republican and I just like used anything that I could against him but uh yeah so I do that's pretty funny <laughs> I do remember learning about that but having no idea how like it affected me directly yeah yeah and like one
1: consequence was that like they were the discrepancy between the euro and the dollar had gotten big which meant that brands like gucci wait was that that's weird so like the euro was lower than the dollar just in my notes okay so the discrepancy between the euro and the dollar had gotten big which meant brands like gucci were struggling to make a profit on goods sold in the u.s
0: so we don't know what that means or how that relates
1: (laughs) so just gonna continue blindly reading what i wrote um but i guess yeah less money at gucci meant less money for vogue so you know of course anna had to like step in and do something because that's what she did that's what she always
0: does yeah in the first half of the year in 2008 vogue's total circulation fell six percent and newsstand sales fell 15 percent from the same period in 2007 yeah
1: so they start doing some major cutbacks included so they're like not replacing staff who quit and they're not going abroad for photo shoots
0: this is when the hill comes in by the way because they're, like, need money. Do you remember this? I sh- thought- the, the show, The Hills? Yeah,
1: but I thought that, like, I thought that that was a coincidence that, like, Lauren Conrad, they happened to intern at Teen Vogue and that, like, happened to make, like, sales go up.
0: Okay, so this is what it says. For Anna, it was proof that her fame and grit weren't uh, enough to keep magazines going. Teen Vogue had found an unexpectedly great promotional vehicle. So, right. You're right. Unexpectedly. In MTV's reality show, The Hills, on which cast members Whitney Port and Lauren Conrad were filmed interning for the magazine. Did you watch that show? Yes. And in, I think think Anna somebody said it they did tape Anna on that show I oh I remember that yes and I think she is the one that was quoted was saying because like Lauren was asked to go to Paris and and Lauren turned it down like a psycho dummy bitch I still am mad at her for it I think we should all be why did she turn it down I don't know for some dude I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's just some Fucking dude, Jason. Listen, it's like, I I can't remember, but I... <laughs> you're like, but it was probably Jason's fault. <laughs> it was probably Jason's fault. I don't even like Lauren, but I'm just mad at any girl for not going to Paris when she's given the opportunity, unless your parents are dying. Like, go to fucking Paris. To, like, live there? Yeah, to, like, work and live there. Yes, be Emily fucking basic bitch Paris in Paris. Like, there's no reason, if you're given the opportunity, rich person, take it. Anyways, I... Okay, I am gonna
1: disagree I think like if you're given an opportunity to go travel it does seem pretty foolish to turn it down but I feel like we have this idea that like our lives are a collection of like boastworthy worthy experiences where it's like I went he- like I don't know I used to date someone who had done a lot of traveling and he would always talk about his life as it was this like romantic movie being like when I lived in like this place and did this when I lived in and I was super jealous because I felt like everyone thought his life was really exciting. And now I'm just like, you know what, like, I think it's also perfectly fine to just want to stay around your community and not
0: put your job first. I love this attitude. and I'm here for it. And I think it's really you're just like, I'm not maybe you're like, I'm just saying, basically, I just want to lay down. (laughs) No,
1: shut up. How dare you? How dare you? It's a perfectly reasonable take, and you have no
0: right blaming it on me being sleepy.
1: (laughs) But I also support you giving Lauren Conrad shit, because like, uh, that's just also a great thing.
0: Well, I think in general, people, when they're younger, should have the afforded opportunity, and I think everybody should have the afforded opportunity, to go somewhere where they don't speak the language to feel uncomfortable, because I think that is part of, like, being empathetic and learning how people learn languages. It's like, yeah, traveling is definitely like a valuable experience. But yeah, you're right. Like, you could also never travel again. Like, I would be fine. I could never travel again. I would be a little sad because I would like to be closer to like a warmer beach. But like, I would be fine. Like, I would suffice. I would be like very happy with it, you know? Yeah. I also feel like Lauren Conrad's career ended up pretty successful. Also, I wanted to say one more thing about that because I'm pretty sure... Anna Wintour said on the show, "Cause because this sh- Lauren Conrad was known to be the girl that never went to Paris. Like that is a quote. That's great. <laughs> I think Anna." is the one I read somewhere recently that Anna was the one that like said it I think on the show and was just like oh the girl that never went to Paris she's the girl that never went to Paris
1: oh my god that's (laughs) so funny she would
0: anyways and now everybody like says that about Lauren Conrad and she's like you guys I've been to Paris I've been to Paris (laughs) and they're like yeah but you didn't go that one time (laughs) exactly she's like I've
1: been to Paris like six times since Mm -hmm. like remember when she was like some interviewer asked her, what's your favorite position? And she was like,
0: CEO. <laughs> I'll never forget. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what if I'm like slumped over the toilet barfing?
0: <laughs> and you think, uh, what do you mean? Like if you're slumped over the toilet barfing? I don't know. I was It was a
1: joke about my, that being my favorite position. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a very like that time where everybody was girl bossing and that was like a very cool thing to say. Right, right. Yeah, so
1: times are tough. This is when they shut down Men's Vogue and Vogue Living. Advertising budgets are being slashed. Subscription are falling. It's not just an economic crash thing. It's also an internet thing. You know, print is dead, baby. Yeah. They do some event called Fashion's Night Out. Anna wears a t-shirt. The idea is that stores all over New York had like little gimmicks to get people to come out and shop. Like Mary Kay and bartended at some party Vera Wang Wang designers were in a duck dunk tank people come but they don't buy stuff oopsie because they're still poor because you can't just have a party to cure the economy also lots of people stole (laughs) yeah it's called fashion's night out I just love the imagining Anna throwing a big party and everyone's coming and just like I mean I don't, if it was like small designers, I wouldn't want them to get stolen from. But like, I can't be sad if people are stealing from Louis Vuitton.
0: Or like, yeah, it's pretty much anything that is like a corporation or a company that's so big. Yeah. You should steal from them. I'm supportive of it. Yeah. It's not cool when you steal. It's like not cool to steal, but like corporations can go, are stealing all of yeah, them. Yeah. They set up like security at the QFC
1: next to me and it's like, really makes me not want to go out of solidarity. I'm just like, just let people steal. Just let people steal. Like, let people this steal. Is too much they also put like blinking lights outside like i think so people don't sleep there and it's just like oh
0: okay i've been so poor in college like we all were but i think i was like i didn't have parents that were like had gave me money so like i was like actually poor got sick i like had an ear infection or something and i remember i was like the only way for me to buy this medicine is if i switch because the system is in a fucking as we all know we don't have health care it's so fucking sad And then, like, I was trying my hardest to steal, and the fucking guy had definitely caught me, and I was, like, I had to be very, like, he even, like, confronted me, one of the the guys. I'm just, like, now I'm looking back, and I'm just, like, if I'm stealing fucking medicine, you don't goddamn say a goddamn word. Like, don't say one fucking thing. Like, just ignore it. Also, like, you don't make enough to give a shit. Totally, right? Like, why is some minimum wage worker, like, even bothering because back you know they're young and i don't know i don't know but i i just thought about it i'm just like let yeah let people still that's what we stand for (laughs) yeah actually though this the
1: budget cuts eventually led to grace coddington's forced retirement because they didn't have the well like you know they didn't have the budget to do the stories that she was used to doing and she didn't want to change
0: i hear that girl i hear that once you become accustomed to a certain level of and prestige like it would be hard to fall back down i could totally like suddenly she's told to go into coach or something you know right she's like oh you thought
1: i was doing this because i'm passionate about fashion
0: yeah she's like no i'm just gonna fucking retire i make more money that way and she like sometimes goes back to vogue and like helps out like whatever that's called contracted yeah so this also goes into a little bit of like anna's politics and who she like fucks with yeah and one of them was a, like, Asa- Arsama al-Assad, Sa- the wife of Syria's President Bashar al-Assad, who had looked and felt suited for Vogue. This also goes... Wait, th- so she thought that the wife had a look suited for Vogue or the... Yeah, the wife. But she definitely, like... Was the wife of a dictator? Yeah, and the story failed to mention that Assad was a dictator who killed thousands of civilians and hundreds of children the year the article came out. Instead, it noted that Assad won his election with a startling 97% of the vote.
1: Wow. How do you get that many votes? <laughs> yeah. Well, and like the poor reporter, her friend, quote unquote, Joan Juliet Buck was like, I don't want to do this. I'm not a political reporter. I'm not prepared for this. I don't know how to handle this. And Anna basically like pressured her saying like, she's like, no one's going to notice your piece anyway. And like sends her to the Middle East to like do this story. And it
0: was just so
1: irresponsible.
0: Why did Anna do this? There's... I mean, like, Amy doesn't know. She didn't ask her. I just am confused. Like, they could have picked literally anybody else. She, like, shuts down shoots all the time. She, like, says no to things. Why was this one? she had to do it? Like, was there an agreement with her dictator? Did the dictator give her a lot of money?
1: I feel like she just is so aesthetically driven. Like, it's all just the look and feel and the vibe where she's like, I think this lady looks cool. I just, like, I don't know. Like, I just think she wasn't thinking.
0: Yeah, she's never reflecting, so...
1: Never reflecting, yeah.
0: But also, just so y'all know... She also put Melania Trump on the cover. She didn't put her on when she became, like, first lady, but she did put her on uh, before that. Like, her and Donald—she went to Donald Trump's fucking wedding. Yeah, I mean, at the time, he was
1: just, like, a rich asshole. Like, he wasn't, like, political issue. For sure.
0: But still, like, to put a- to put her on the cover doesn't even make sense. Like, it is a weird move, for sure. Someone said I think most of the relationship was because of Georgina Chapman. I don't know who that is and I'm upset that's, about it. That's Harvey Weinstein's wife who's the designer. Oh, that's right.
1: I really don't think that that's what most of them like Harvey Weinstein. I said it in the video. He wanted Anna to, to put his actresses on the vote. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Georgina Chapman is still a friend of Annas. Uh, do we know if Georgina is like divorced Harvey? That we should we should look that up. <laughs> yeah, Nancy Drew's on the case. Here to Google things for you. <sighs> Georgina George was her name. Chat. Georgina, yeah. Georgina Chapman and Harvey Weinstein still together. Oh, they divorced in twenty twenty one. All right, waited a long, waited a bit, but I mean, she waited until he was like basically going through the trials. You don't marry him without being like knowledgeable of the experience, like yeah. She's also friends with Obama. Obama
1: appears on Men's Vogue covers twice. Anna supported him while everyone else in New York was a Clinton loyalist. I mean, she
0: was also a huge still Clinton loyalist at this time. But like her her ex Shelby Bryant like credits himself for being why she was into Obama. Ugh, which I don't want to give it to him because like gross, but she's probably right. I know it's annoying. He's probably right, but ew. Yeah, and then when Hillary Clinton
1: is running, she doesn't want to do a Vogue cover, because she's, like, you know, trying to girl boss and be taken seriously. And Anna writes this, like, whole, like, editor's letter
0: about it. Yeah, she, in September 2008, Anna and actress Sarah Jessica Parker, which I love name-dropping, um, hosted a cocktail party as part of the Obama's campaign, Runway to Change. So she was, like, fundraising for his ass. So I just... Well, okay, I I found it. So she says, so she wanted Clinton to be on
1: the cover of Vogue, and then she writes, imagine my amazement, this is the editor's letter, when I learned that Hillary Clinton, our only female presidential hopeful, had decided to steer clear of our pages at this point in her campaign for the fear of looking too feminine. The notion that a contemporary woman must look mannish in order to be taken seriously as a seeker of power is frankly dismaying. Like, dude, are you drunk? That's like some big tea to spill in a fucking editor's letter,
0: like. Why do you think so? Because,
1: like, you're speaking out against a presidential... I guess you're basically... She had just been so... She's so in support of Hillary later. It's kind of like, you're going to call her out for not wanting to be on Vogue. Like, I get the message, and I agree that it's stupid that women can't participate in things like that in order... If they want to be, like, seen as politically serious, but I just feel like Anna didn't need to, like, air it in the editor's letter.
0: Yeah, but Anna's never been a writer. I don't... I think people think, since she has a British accent and that she like comes from prestige that she's smart. I don't think she's as smart as everybody thinks she is. I think this letter goes unchecked and unlooked at cuz people are scared of her and she th- it's not a good point. It's not necessary like yeah. Yeah, she I mean she wasn't great
1: in school. Not that that's an indication of how smart you are.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is not, but I also think she thinks she was good at school even though she wasn't good at school.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um
0: and then you were you
1: were saying that she she hosts an event with SJP
0: yeah, because she's just like, Obama, because Obama was hot stuff. I mean, like, this is the thing about Obama. Watch interviews with him because he's a true celebrity. He should have never been president. We have an obsession in America with putting political, like, having celebrities as political people. And I think the appeal to Obama was he had the vibe. He had the celebrity vibe that really. And he wants to be a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. And he's funny. He's charismatic. He's literally, you cannot take your eyes off of him. its He's good. He is.
1: Yeah, and she was into him. And so her and Sarah Jessica Parker throw this party where they auction off items that designers had made to be sold on Obama's website and it sells out and I guess like she's a good contributor because she doesn't make a lot of asks like a lot of people will raise money for politicians and they'll be like okay but you have to come to this event or you have to like do this speaking thing and she doesn't ask for anything so he calls on her for help a lot of times and he actually it's like she's in the running to become an ambassador at one point which like I don't really understand what they do.
0: I I told my therapist a long time ago, that, like my old therapist, that I wanted to be an ambassador because I Googled it and I was just like, you just live in a foreign country. Literally still don't know what they do. She's like, maybe you can be an ambassador for something like a little bit not like in a U.S. ambassador. So I was like, ambassador of my toilet? Like, what are you trying to fucking say? <laughs> Why doesn't your therapist believe in you? She was just trying to shift my, like, she wanted me to manifest, and I think a little bit more realistically. Because, like, it doesn't make any sense who is his ambassador and who's not. Like, it's just power ranking. Totally.
1: I mean, for Anna to be an ambassador, it's like, you're just, it just seems like official networking. It's like trying to, like, sh- give people who raise you money a little nod. And so there were rumors at this time that she was going to quit Vogue because she was going to become an ambassador. But it's, like, unclear whether she really even cared about this potential position—it's like to, I don't
0: know. She didn't seem to really care. That would be insane for her to ever leave. But I don't think she would have to quit. But again, I don't know anything about it. I don't understand what a UK like what an ambassador does. But anyway, like, is this a full-time job? Do you <laughs> yeah. get
1: Medical benefits.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is this a retirement plan? Like, what's happening here? Anyway, she she didn't get it, but she does get a promotion and. Like, there's this quote, Anne McNally, who is one of her friends, found out about it in the media, which I'm like, is she your friend if she fi- you find out about a promotion? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and she texted Anna, congratulations, and Anna replied, thank you, Anne. I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for it. Hmm. Boo-hoo. Is this
1: when she becomes... I just wrote she becomes the queen of Condé Nast. Is that when she becomes the global, global content officer?
0: Artistic director of the company.
1: Okay. Of... Of... Condé Nast.
0: Yeah, she hasn't gotten the God level yet. I mean, that's pretty God level. That is like, oh, what's his face Wasn't that what's his Liber- Lieberman? Alex Lieberman. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm eating grapes. It's a bad idea for this podcast. Oh, I'm hungry. Anyway. She's got COVID people. Let her, let her nourish. Went on, went to go like meet up with somebody um at a park and it was downtown park or whatever the what's Lipshire Park and on the way there, I passed Lieberman's huge oh, statue. The statue. Yeah, what would you think? It was huge! It's big. Massive. Um, it was bigger than my house,
1: I think. And this is Alex Lieberman, who was the artistic director of Condé Nast, and he was, like, very into Vogue, and he also was an artist on the weekends, and when I first read that, I was like, okay. And then I looked at his stuff, and I was like, oh, he's actually, like, a legit artist because one of his pieces, in my mind, being a legit artist means one of your sculptures is at Seattle Center, which is like one of my favorite
0: places. It is really cool to me. Like I passed it and I freaked out. Like I was seeing a celebrity or something. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So yes, I knew how
1: Steps Down and then Anna becomes that. And then
0: she has a lot of fucking money right now. This is like, yeah. When, while Anna's perfect, Anna's professionally responsibilities grew so did her mastic estate in the summer of 2013 Anna bought the neighboring six acre lot and a house for three hundred fifty thousand dollars less than half of the eight hundred thousand asking price so how about why are they, why are they asking me to do math here. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah. The neighbor down the street paid
1: 300000 and the person with blonde hair paid less than him. And this is Mastic where she has her. Is that like Mastic, New York? Mastic is this like... It's like part of Long Island.
0: Yeah, it's like a weird place for her to buy this property, but it's kind of like, yeah, it's like a lot of working class people. And then her bougie ass is there. They
1: call it like Camp Mastic because like, people come and stay there and just like you know play tennis and whatever do their do their bougie stuff
0: someone tries to convince her to have a vegetable garden because she has so much space and then she's like i don't like vegetables
1: no she literally eats like three bites of a blueberry muffin in the morning steak and like that's it
0: (laughs) that's it that sounds like me honestly she loves steak Like, every time Kasha comes into my house, she's like, it smells like steak. And I'm like, I just made steak. She's like, I just feel like every time. And it has been often. Every time she comes over, I feel like I do eat steak. I don't know if it's because I eat steak a lot or it's just a coincidence. But You're
1: just trying to, like, gear up for her arrival?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I set up the steak just to make it smell good for her. Just kidding. Steak is not a good smell, I don't think. But I do eat it a lot. It's just easy. Anyways. Is it easy? So easy. It doesn't have to be fully cooked. That's what's so beautiful about it. Oh my God, that's funny. You're like,
1: yeah, chicken is cheap, but steak is efficient.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Lunches and dinners at Mastic might include around 30 people, and those who don't imagine to slip away will have to play games, like the one where everyone around the table has to name, say, artists from the 60s, and if you can't think of someone when it's your turn, you have to dump a glass of water on your head, as Anna has done, which I... I don't know if I hate this or love it. Anyways, after dinner the guests might move to one of the barns on her property where a little disco ball spins. <laughs> okay.
1: All right.
0: Everyone drinks and dances, including Anna, who loves to dance. This is where Hope has like pulled this out. She's always like, But oh. Anna loves to dance. Oh,
1: sorry. I read I read the literal text that said Anna loves to dance, and then I said, Oh, well, Anna loves to dance.
0: <laughs> I feel like anytime. She wants to defend Anna. She's like, but she loves to dance.
1: Well, you said she doesn't party. And I'm like, exhibit A, she loves to dance.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Too good. Um, until she slips away before everyone else. So she, like, dances. And then she just kind of, like, moonwalks. <laughs> yeah. Into her Crowd surfs <laughs> right into her bed. <laughs>
1: Woo! I wonder if we would have fun there, or if we would be like, oh my god, these people are so lame.
0: I would honestly think they would be so lame, because I'd be like, we're unionizing, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd be, like, I'd be like, Anna's finally gone to bed. Finally. Like, it's like a dance marathon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's trying to outlast her so
0: they can talk about their demands. I honestly don't think, I think the whole, like, dumping a glass of water is pure desperation to entertain people, so I'm like, I just see her being like, fuck, people are I need to do something. And she's just like, ah! And then puts the water on her head. And I don't know. So that kind of like makes me ick. That makes me cringe a little bit,
1: you know? Okay, okay. It's not, yeah, not your preferred way of livening up a party. I
0: mean, I am, I do love a splash in somebody's face just because like i am constantly bored and people you know like and if anything like disrupts it i am entertained but i don't know i don't feel like she has the situation so controlled it's annoying yeah
1: that's fair okay we have a famous couple that's on the cover soon oh okay and i I think i feel like you will be better at talking about this part why do you think i
0: would be better at it because you know about because you know about the kardashians I do know about the Kardashians. You do too. Everybody know. Like, you literally cannot get away from the Kardashians. It's so fucking annoying. It's true. It's like, today I found out that Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian are having a baby v- via surrogate. And I'm like, I don't want to know this. And I, I am mad at her for it. Is this the guy who cheated on her? Multiple times, yeah. And not only am I mad at her, I'm mad that I know. These are two things that I'm just like... Now I'm invested again. Chloe, get your shit together. It's like treat yourself better. Anyways. I just feel bad for Chloe. But at the same time I'm like, No I don't you know, like Yeah.
1: It's it's like a weird feeling when you f- when you feel so bad for someone so rich.
0: Yeah, and I'm mad at them for doing that. The Kardashians have been trying to get on for a hot minute onto the cover of Vogue. Yeah, as you might have known, I mean, they talk about it a little bit, but she's been trying to get on Vogue because that was the thing, right? Kim is. Kim, definitely. Like, Kim's the most ambitious one. And, like, the most famous one. You really think so? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is she not? What are people going to say? Are people going to come for me? I don't, honestly, I don't know. I feel like they talk about it on the show a little bit. Like her butt is the reason they're all famous. My little sister was telling me when we were happy hour the other day that the Kardashians are taking their butt implants
1: out and people are mad about it.
0: First off, old news. That's like old fucking news. (laughs) Really? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. You know about the Kardashians. I've read like multiple takes. I mean, not even just takes. I think like philosophical po- perspectives on the BBL in general, and Car- because the Kardashian, it was just interesting. Totally. Yeah, she had been trying to get on for a hot minute. But honestly, like, how ha- I can't. You didn't watch the show, and I wish you did. Old, the old school Kim Kardashian was so fucking tacky. Her sense of style was horrific and embarrassing. Even when I was like. The worst time for style slash best time because it was so ta- like it was like 2008 2009 you know the show comes out ish outfits were horrendous like the style was horrendous like I have to give Kim Kardashian that but also I in that what she's improved that she was a product of her time period like that the rich girl style was like looked like a poor girl style. It looked like it was a whole th- look with like glitter thrown on it. Um, And she looked like she would like wear like headpieces that were like gold chains around her head and stuff like. I mean, it was just not a lot of V-necks. It was just not a good look. And I even remember because I was indie girl. So like I remember being like whatever the Kardashians are doing is horrendous and I hate it. And they had a sh- they had a. A store called the dash and i don't i have done zero follow-up on this but i don't know what happened to that shop and i'm like curious of what happened to that store what do you mean they like owned a store yeah it was like a clothing store and all the sisters would work and hang out there whoa i know dude
1: dude they have come a long way yes
0: they have in the sense of where they are because kanye came in and said we're getting rid of All of your clothes, famously. Well, I mean, and like they would just never work retail now. Not even close. Yeah. And and this is the time period where Chloe was funny. Chloe used to be the shit starter and be funny. And now... I do remember that. Yeah. We all like... I think we all like loved her the most. And like for some reason, I don't know if she got the message. She's like now the opposite on TV. She's not the funny one. She's always the peacemaker. She's dating... She's always been dating shitty dudes, but, like, I don't... Are you watching the the news? I refuse to, because I just don't want to give them any more money. (laughs) And I feel like views will. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I'm with you.
1: But I was just curious how you knew about her new personality.
0: I open up my fucking computer. I just, like, look on my phone, and there's the info. Listen, listen, I just... It's hard. It's like, I don't want to be involved, but I know I'm in too deep. I know so much information. I know so much Kardashian shit. And I think you do too, listener. But it is, like, surprising how much I know about them. I I, sh- I should know physics. But instead I know about, like, I don't know, Chris Humphrey and the... Car- Anyways, it's like, I mean,
1: debatable. Physics is whatever. But so... So, yeah, they've never been on the cover. Anna's very, like, anti-Kardashian. She's like, what have they done for society? But it's Grace Coddington's idea to put them on the cover. Because she's
0: friends with Kanye. Oh, really? A hundred percent. Kanye's, like, glorified in the fashion world. And he's just, like, he's pushing to put, like, her on the cover. But they're only going to do it if they're both on the cover. And the only way they're actually going to do it, if it was going to be a wedding cover. So... I mean, Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian family owed a lot to Kanye, basically transforming them into fashion. Like, literally, Kim would have not been able to do it without Kanye right
1: and so this the shoot is super secretive like people who work at vogue don't know they they um they have custom wedding dresses made but they don't say who it's for they just send the measurements they have like a decoy project that people at the office think that they're working on it's like you know things are getting mailed in like sealed envelope it's just like very very covert coddington wore a disguise when they were in la shooting with Anne lebowitz like her hair was so iconic that she had to wear a scarf so that she wouldn't be caught and the picture is really boring. Have you seen the
0: cover? Have you seen the It is so boring. And I it's so boring. And honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Annie Lebowitz. Her stuff is just like in black and white, like shoots of celebrities. I just don't see what's so interesting. And then when it came out, the hashtag uh boycott Vogue trended on Twitter and th- people threatened to cancel subscriptions. I'm like so dumb. I know I'm like I'm kind of like what is
1: your what Vogue high horse do you think you're on
0: that's what I'm, I'm like who are these people I am so confused on Twitter and it's like all the men I date or are slightly friends with Twitter like hoes yeah guys love Twitter it's a man's world on Twitter and it's just like a comedian's world and all men think they're comedians so and it's just like yeah I'm very confused on like it seems like everybody picks an issue to be really really mad about and fight for that day and I guess boycotting Vogue was one of them but I'm just curious on like why like why is that an issue you would spend any energy giving a shit about but
1: it's like when all you have to do is retweet something it's like easy to be really mad and like you know yeah Take a stance. It's like all you have to do is is a hashtag. But yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about Teen Vogue and then and then we're good, basically. So in two thousand fifteen, Teen Vogue was doing all right. Amy Astley was the editor in chief and had realized that they needed to go digital. The print version wasn't going to be able to sustain itself. There was a debate about the word teen in the title, and then they decided to combine Vogue and Teen Vogue operations to save on cost and Amy Astley is like telling the team through tears it's like they're bummed it's like things are going to change for them a ton and then she leaves Amy Amy Astley leaves to go be editor-in-chief of Architectural Digest
0: yeah and then yeah um Welterbroth was the person that I knew as the editor-in-chief when I was reading it um, and I still follow her on Instagram. She was the beauty director then, and was told in her meeting with Anna that she would oversee print and and lead the brand with two other people, which is like very confusing. Like, imagine getting a a position and then telling you two other people are also in the same position as you. Which is, like, classic
1: Condé Nast, it seems like.
0: Yeah. And she would receive a $10,000 raise whose company expenses around this time included repairs to the HVAC system at her home for upwards of $5,000. You mean Anna Wintour would get hvac repairs to her home it's literally said she would receive a ten thousand dollar raise at anna whose company expenses around this time included repairs to the hvac system for upwards of five thousand sounds like yeah she's comparing like amy odell is comparing this ten thousand dollar raise as like this
1: was like just basically like a repair at anna's house that was just like part of her yeah so a really really small raise for how much more responsibility she was getting They also tell her and they give her no time to think about it.
0: Yeah, they're like, you're the editor of Teen Vogue just fucking sign this paper. She's like, literally, Anna said sign this paper. And then she goes and tells everyone in the office, like, gathers everyone to make the announcement
1: before Elaine has even had time to negotiate.
0: This makes me so fucking mad, dude. This makes me so fucking mad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I mean, I don't know if this is clear or not, because y'all, I mean, if you know anything about Teen Vogue, but Elaine's also black. She's a black woman. So I think that's why I'm like extra mad. I'm like, give this fucking woman an opportunity. I think Anna sees it as like, she should be appreciative of even the offer. And she was made the second black editor in chief of Condé Nast magazine, like ever. So that's a pretty big deal. But again, it's like $10,000 raise. There's a lot of things to think about. And she wasn't getting the title of editor in chief. She was just, and she wasn't getting a better office. And she really wasn't getting a better raise. So, like, why did Anna go announce, like, you eat nice! I know. I wonder if that was, like, strategic on Anna's part
1: or if she was just, like, there's no way someone's going to turn down this offer.
0: I think it's a, a mix of both. Yeah. Because Anna's not, like, she knows how the business goes, but also, like, she thinks Vogue is so worth it for anybody and everybody and people do think that I think they think that less now like nobody's willing to like give a shit about media because it's just like you don't get paid enough anyways as a journalist or an editor in chief so it doesn't really matter but like Anna's definitely not helping it so Elaine Walteroth and Marie Suter who was the uh,
1: creative director they wanted to create a new identity for the magazine so they're like Getting more political. They publish a political piece in the wake of the Trump election that's called Donald Trump is Gaslighting America. Philip Picardi, who's the digital editorial director or was at the time, and Walter Roth go on The Daily Show. I just watched it today. Oh,
0: really? What did you see? what
1: did they say? Philip Picardi and Elaine Walter go on The Daily Show. They're, he's asking them, like, why should Teen Vogue have politics? Why should a fashion magazine have politics? And they're kind of like, because these issues affect young women young women have every right to voice in fact they have a responsibility to you know have opinions and to to speak up and, and whatnot so Anna doesn't micromanage Teen Vogue but she does want to see each photo and she does remind them that it's a fashion magazine it's not just about activism and she does want everything to, to be bright and sunny
0: and she wants it to look like a garden and like all like Vogue Vogue's <sighs> so outdated to me I don't know I, I can't even I'm again I'm reiterating this that there's a reason Beyonce chose British Vogue over American Bro- Vogue for her announcement of her album Cardi eventually is the editor-in-chief I think still to this day of them he created them like,
1: yeah he he left eventually he left yeah he left them he left all of Conde Nast during the Me Too movement
0: as she should as he should as soon as well okay this is like uh back to Welter Roth Welter Roth am I saying that right so I'm that's how I'm reading it Welterroth Roth hadn't even had time to think about the her time to negotiate, whatever. She wondered, she wrote in her memoir, would any of this have gone down this way if I were a white man? There are other things that made Welter's new job uncomfortable, like being called into Anna's office because of her tone. This is like all kind of stuff that's going on behind the scenes while all this stuff is happening. And in 2018... When Alexandra Oscar Cortex won her seat, Vogue.com was one of the first outlets to interview her. And it's probably because Teen Vogue was such a big influence at that time to be so anti-Trump. Again, both of the people, Weltsworth and Picardo, were both, like, pretty active. Pretty, pretty, and they're both people of color. Uh, Picardo is, Picardi's gay, openly gay man. Anna thinks Picardi is, like, a fucking prodigy. And, yeah, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. They're talking about, like the Dakota Access pipeline standing uh standing rock and doing all this kind of cool stuff. Um, they the company establishes a diversity and inclusion council around this time, which Though ah, so Anna is in charge of it. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about diversity and inclusion councils in your in your workforce. That is a way to not unionize. So Interesting. It's like a a, not a real solution to an answer like a, a question of like better pay and better inclusion and like better all these things this is just to make you feel like they're doing something while they're not so yeah
1: the diversity and inclusion council at my last job their big idea was like we'll celebrate our heritage like so and so can talk about her cultural customs and we can celebrate our heritage at work and it's like that's great we need to pay people more. We need, we need wage transparency. Like, we need to, like, actually do material things. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, even though this is a cool, like, the words are cool, diversity, inclusion, it doesn't, it actually is meaningless and overthrow them until everybody gets better wages. And then Welteroth gets fed up.
1: A year into her job, she was enjoying the work, but she was tired of the environment in which she had to do it. I'm reading from the book now. Brand, we had risen to the prominence for activating, we had risen to prominence for activating and empowering young women and people of color, but it became clear that we were editorializing values that were not reflected in the company culture. So she met with Anna, she laid out what she had been doing, like she, she laid out how she had been doing the job without getting the office, the salary, and the respect that typically come with being editor-in-chief at Condé Nast. She told Anna that she could no longer Longer work under those circumstances and she was fully prepared to walk away Anna immediately said will you give me 24 hours to make it right she had no questions for Walter Roth. it was as if she knew either instantly or all along that Walter Roth was completely right less than 24 hours later Anna gave her everything she asked for
0: fuck yeah and that is how you yeah she knew like she knew she
1: couldn't lose her she knew how valuable she was
0: and that goes for each and every single one of you listening now
1: Everyone go quit your job, says Jackie.
0: (laughs) No, I'm saying go talk to your boss and say, uh, I need better shit. And then talk to your coworkers about it. Because, like, she needed better shit from the get-go. Like, even when she was creative director, like, she wasn't getting paid enough, you know? Like, our beauty director. Yeah, so they hate on Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, like, fucking Anna hates Trump now. And, like, she has to talk about it. Even though she'd been
1: inviting him to her events forever, and then, but then he wins at the office and then she does invite him to the office and everyone's really mad, but she's like, we have to. And it, like, I don't fully understand why. And then it's like, after that, he's not allowed back, but it's like, I really don't understand what that was all about.
0: Anna I was like, went on James Corden's and was like, Trump was uh, one person that was never going to, yeah, go to Met Gala. And I just think that's okay. Right. Yeah. She's like, she is always
1: trying to like, keep up with the times. As much as her boomer self can, but like I don't, and like I don't even mean to disparage boomers. Like there's some of them are great. You can you you can talk shit about them. It's okay. I just don't think it's like a very insightful argument. But like basically, she's lagging. She's lagging behind. She puts Carly Kloss um as a geisha in the magazine, and then as Frida Kahlo. She has Kira Knightley herding cows in Maasai in a way that's like basically kind of like, just like using. The people as props and like I don't know it's just very distasteful she is has...
0: racist it's racist yeah it's clearly racist Anna has never addressed her racist ass self so she keeps on thinking what she's doing is okay right and people are trying to tell her Gigi Hadid
1: does this shoot in a park with black basketball players It's like glam leisure and people warn her not to do it but she doesn't listen it's cut. basically it's like these black men are just like props in her photo and people are pissed and then Philip Picardi he's also pissed and then Anna helps him launch Them, which was like this. It's like a queer magazine.
0: Do you read it? No, but I, uh, I've i heard about it. And I don't read. Are you kidding me? I only read for this po- for this podcast. We've talked about
1: it. Yeah, seriously. How would we have time to read anything else? But yeah, he comes to her and he's like, I'm pissed. And she's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want to launch this. And she does. She like helps him rally support. She goes to them. She goes to like the board and they're like, ooh, we're not sure about this. And she's like, okay, well, how much money do I have to raise to convince you? And they're like, we need $1.5 million. And then she's like, okay. And then she just walks out. She's like, I don't need to hear your guys' hesitations, your whatever. Like, just tell me how much money we need in order to do this, and I'll and I'll make it happen. And she does.
0: I mean, I get that. I feel like there have been times – that I'm like, can we hurry up this story? Can you say what you fucking want? You know? Totally, right? She's like,
1: why are we, like, if all all we care about here is money, so, like, why don't you just tell me how much money we need, and I'll do it.
0: Funny, because when, okay, when she was, like, basically undermining Welter uh, Roth, and she, like, is all about money, and apparently the HR person had previously told um, Elaine that Anna does not discuss money. Hmm, convenient i'm like you can't have it both ways. you can't run the money and also not talk about the money like yeah seriously that's just her like gatekeeping money
1: (laughs) so okay then we talk a bit about the met gala i'm gonna skip over some stuff and it could be a good tiktok but scarlett johansson comes to the met gala wearing a dress by designer georgina chapman who is Harvey Weinstein's wife. And this is right after allegations about Harvey Weinstein's surface. And so people are mad. People are talking about it. And Anna takes her sweet time responding about it in the press. Um, and then she has to be convinced not to go to lunch with Weinstein because of the optics. Uh, and then when she does talk about it, she's kind of like, well, I'm not going to fault his wife you know, we should still support her fashion career. But like, she has a history of like covering up for designers. Like, she covered up for John Galliano when he said racist stuff. Like, she's constantly like coming at the support of people who are like super problematic. Well, how do you
0: feel about this when you write about it? Like, do
1: you think we should hold her accountable? Georgina? Mm hmm. Hold her accountable in what way? Like, not promote her stuff anymore?
0: Uh, I guess, yeah. Like, treat her i mean because she's not the one doing the raping (laughs) but she did stand by the raping and benefit from the raping (laughs) like you know what i mean like right does that mean she doesn't deserve she probably i don't know i'm just trying to like kind of process this like because i thought about that with hillary clinton because you know bill clinton Bill, bill clinton's been accused of rape there has been like sexual assault stuff he that has come out and like one thing about hillary clinton is like she's always defended him and like put women like shut them up so it's like she's not doing the action, but she's standing by a man and protecting him. And benefiting from it. Yeah. I feel like I i don't know that like
1: I would like come for ScarJo for wearing the dress or like demand that like people didn't wear her clothes. I kind of feel like at that point it's sort of like a personal choice. Like do you feel like like it kind of feels like, like Scarlett Johansson had to have worn her stuff to be buddy buddy with Weinstein anyway.
0: Like, I mean, Scarlett Johansson, I think, is one of the people that benefited from the relationship with Weinstein. Like, she probably had a relationship with him at one point. That's yeah. actually known. I mean, like, she's one of the girls. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it is complicated. Yeah. And I'm also just like, if you're a rich white woman, maybe you just deserve to be poor again. Maybe you should just be a hotel maid for the rest of your life from that. You know what I mean? It's not like you can't. Maybe you'll change your whole life. Maybe you'll be like, "Wow, I should have really, like, advocate for better wages for everybody here, because it sucks," you know? Like, right, right. You're like, yeah, that's yeah. There we go. There's
1: a there's a way to deal with it.
0: Oh, this is one of my favorite because we did a piece about uh, Theory Mugler, you know, who died this year, um, and how she wore. This is the year in 2019 camp where she wore the dress. Where who when who wore what dress? Kim Kardashian wore her rain dress, basically like. And that uh, was the
1: theory Mueller,
0: theory Mark Mueller, yeah. And at dinner, where everything had been thought of uh, down to the backless dr- chairs for guests who wore gowns uh, that wouldn't fit into a regular seat, which is smart, smart Anna. Um, yeah, I love how she throws a party. Yeah, and then but. She was talking to one of Lisa Love, who I have no idea who that is, but she was talking, Anna was, Wintour was talking to somebody and was just like, can she, Can you please tell her to sit down, talking about Kim Kardashian? And then Love had to explain that actually Kardashian and Fizzly could not sit. Yeah, yeah, I did love the Met Gallatin bits. She couldn't sit. I, I'm kind of curious, did she ever sit that whole night? Did they have to take her out of that dress? It makes so much more sense now, you know, now that I think about it, like, of course she couldn't sit. She'd probably break a rib if she fucking sat. Honestly, yeah, or like
1: break one of those little sparkled angles. Um, that more importantly, <laughs> I mean that could be dangerous. There could be like shards of stuff all over. Okay, so we get into like the Me Too movement stuff's happening people are having concerns people are getting canceled odell writes that like anna does frequently have concerns about models being too thin especially with teen vogue vogue had been working with the council of fashion designers of america on its health initiative and part of that was to combat eating disorders um anna also thought it was important to only cast models 18 and up and this like spread through the industry which is like it's partly like them trying to cover their asses
0: yeah
1: a hundred percent but like probably did have good effects
0: Yeah, but Anna does does not, let's just be clear, Anna does not give a fuck about those women.
1: Probably not, yeah, and they also come up with a code of conduct, conduct, which forbade alcohol and drugs on shoots and required models to agree ahead of time if they were going to be photographed nude or in skimpy clothes, which, like, that
0: seems a little hard to specify, like, what constitutes skimpy, but whatever. Yeah, I don't hate that. 2019 is, like, the last Met Gala. This is the last one before the coronavirus pandemic comes through.
1: Yeah, and this is like we heard in Andre Leon Talley's memoir, like people people didn't like the camp, they didn't like they didn't like all the costumes. But
0: oh yeah, one last thing. This is in 2018. Beyonce finally. This is also like Me Too is happening. Like, there are people that are asking for better representation. And Beyonce finally gets on the September 2018 cover. And she's like, no, I'm not going to be on the cover unless you hire a black photographer. And had never hired a black photographer before that that covers at this point. And this is in 2018. And a 23-year-old Tyler Mitchell um, does the shoot. And it's just kind of crazy. It's just, to me... Anna's so fucking racist anyways everything's racist but like it just reveals I think how like people that are in charge aren't there to change anything she she was always just like she's only being pushed to do something because like uh culture is shifting not because like she wants to personally shift and make and make changes she wants to keep her money right and like as as the pandemic starts and the Black Lives Matter movement is you know
1: what it is, what it was in the beginning of 2020. She makes a statement in solidarity with the with the Black Lives Matter movement and gets a lot of, or I don't know if a lot of backlash, but at least like backlash from Andre Leon Talley, who's like, this is not genuine. She is not an ally. She's still
0: not an ally. She did hire, like her one saving grace is she hired Andre Leon Talley. But I just feel like She treats him like a token of being like, look, I did. There's so much like talk in this book and in Andre's book, too, like where he credits Anna for his like experience there. But I'm like, you're one black man. Like. I don't know, it doesn't feel like it should be like. Thank God for Anna allowing Andre Leon Talley. It's just not, it's not enough. And at this time, people at Condé Nast start stepping down. Someone at
1: Refinery29, someone at Bon Appetit. Anna sends an email to her staff that gets leaked, where she says, I know Vogue has not found enough ways to elevate and give space to Black editors, writers, photographers, designers, and other creators, We have made mistakes too, publishing images or stories that have been hurtful or intolerant. I take full responsibility for those mistakes. And people are like... So less than a week later, the New York Times publishes an article headlined, Can Anna Wintour Survive the Social Justice Movement?
0: Yeah, and and then she has like... Short, this is a quote that i kind of like shortly after news of anna's breakup with shelby brian appeared in the press though they had broken up much earlier for reasons brian couldn't remember
1: <laughs> i know he just can never remember anything he couldn't remember
0: why he like why he made her cry that night at the met gala he's just, he's like, just like i don't remember i plead the fifth i don't yeah I think he might remember. Like, how can you not remember why you broke up with somebody? Like, do you were you even in a relationship with this person? I feel
1: like billionaire part of billionaire training is just get, getting really good at evading questions.
0: But also, because of this, the New York Times published another story about Anna on October 24th, 2020, with the headline, 2020, with the headline, The White Issue Has Anna's Win Towards Diversity Push Come Too Late? Yeah, yeah, um.
1: There's a 15% pledge. This Aurora James had launched a campaign asking companies like Target to stock their store with 15% black owned companies. Anna Wintour was like excited and wanted to learn more. And then they ended up commissioning a painting of James, which featured on the 2020 September issue. Um, and Leon Leontali is kind of just like, it's all bullshit. I think that, yeah, he so he calls her a colonial broad on his press tour for his book. And she's...
0: I love that. A colonial broad. She, like, again, he is a, a wordsmith, truly. Yeah, I
1: think Amy O'Dell put it well when she says... I think she kind of sums up this whole thing well where she says, "...she didn't in, she didn't invent Conde Nast and the fashion industry's long-held values, but she was rewarded by upholding that belief system to an unprecedented degree. Vogue's whiteness and elitism has have historically resulted in praise in magazine sales."
0: Yeah, Anna Wintour, this is what I wrote, is a classist, racist, neoliberal boss. Don't believe me? Just rewatch Devil Wears Prada.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, as Amy writes, it's like, she's not... She's not more evil than, than the next person. Like, she, in ways... She's at least not dragging her feet about keeping up with things, but it's like, it is all coming from a business perspective. It's like she... She's not fighting against any systems. She's, like, very much benefiting from them.
0: This is... She needs to take LSD or uh, ayahuasca or something to open up that fucking third eye, baby. She needs to get with the class. She doesn't like... But she never wanted to because then she'd be less poor. She'd be less rich.
1: Yeah. She has no... She has no reason to. And, you know, and so the book kind of ends questioning, like, why she hasn't retired. And that's, like, a question that a lot of people have. Um, Odell writes, people who have worked closely with Anna over the years suspect that running Condé Nast in the digital age with its gutted budgets must be drudgery for her. They marvel that she's still doing it under such intense scrutiny and pressure when she could be spending her seventies enjoying caviar and champagne by one of her mastic estates two pools. But they marvel that she has, unlike her two predecessors at Vogue, made repeated efforts, however stumbling, to adapt to her time. She's just, yeah. She's, she's just never one of those quit. girl
0: bosses that are just, like, well, they would never quit. She's, like, that's all she's ever known. That's, like, not. she's just not. The, also, this, this is why I think everybody was really critical of AOC's, like, Tax the Rich. Because it was, like, at the Met Gala and, like, she's still, like, rubbing shoulders with all yeah, of them. Yeah, like, she was, she is being one of those people in that moment. Like, having... What looked like a wedding dress? It was not a good outfit, also too. That's the main issue, the big issue. But it's just like all and anything Anna does is classist. So like participating in it doesn't it it makes you classist. (laughs) Like there's no work away around. There's no like around. There's no ethical way of attending Met Gala, is what I think.
1: Right, right. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Um. Yeah, I think, like, overall, I thought this book was, you know, fairly well-researched. I thought Odell did give Anna a lot of slack, but I think, I guess, since the media portrayal of her has been so one-way, I can see why maybe she would want to show a different side. I think you said it well when you were, like, you know, joking that, like, she forced you to see Anna as a human, and it's like, you know, while we obviously still critique her and don't really applaud her for anything and like see her for her position in society. It's like, yeah, you do also see her as a person and
0: yeah, I really, I think you should go out and read this book. I do wish she wrote more about Vogue, like a little bit more behind the scenes of Vogue and like what it took to like write, like what it takes to, a little bit more about like editing and Anna's job because I think that's what we're missing from a lot of the content that's around Vogue. It's more about, like, Anna Wintour as a person versus, like, the actual pos- the positions that she has held. But overall, it is a very good read. And I would suggest buying it and reading it. Um, I will say she didn't touch on... Any of the labor movements that are happening within Condé Nast. Yeah. And so that's
1: what we're hoping to do for our next or a, a future episode is to cover more of that. Like the Condé Nast union that has formed, is forming. We're hoping
0: to, you know, talk to yeah, some people. Yeah. We're in the works of talking to some people. Because this is, a, like, to be very clear, this is a very pro-union podcast. And I am for the people and I don't want to speak for hope, but I'm going to assume that you're also for the people. <laughs> I mean, you know that to be true. Um, yes, exactly. So, like, when I was reading this book and just watching or just, like, remembering what Devil Wears Prada was, I was just, like, like what really got me was the line about the assistants crying in the hallway and in the bath, like, everywhere, like, all day, every day. And I was just, like, It doesn't have to be like that. And the fact that we all know that's true, like, it's really hard to work under Anna. I'm just like, why is she being celebrated as even a good boss? Like, and people are like, no, she's mean. I'm like, but in the eyes of capitalism, she is considered, like, that's why she still holds her job. Yeah, because it's the numbers. It's the numbers. And I just like, it made me really mad. And I was like, this is clearly... not good when everybody's crying around you like how can you look around and be like this is how it should be you know what i mean like it blows my mind if more than two people are crying a day we should reevaluate you know what i mean like
1: right right yeah like yeah and sales compared with tears you know
0: you got to consider i mean like we've gone over this too but like the fact that uh vogue felt like they had it good because they weren't being assaulted by their editors. Right. I mean, yeah, that's that's just like labor right issues left and right that were just like in the book. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I'm excited to, to hear more, to find out what's going on with the Condé Nast Union and hopefully be able to share that scoop. Five-star reviews. Do all that nice stuff.
0: Well, I guess this is it then. Wow. Yeah. We love you guys. Well, I, I love, love you, you so much. I'm so glad that we do this. I can't wait for you to test negative. You're telling me, dude. You're telling me. All right, let's stop.